It just it just feels good. It feels smart. In my hands. I love it when it's in your hands, Bruce. <laughs> when it's smart in my hands. I don't like dumb things in my hands. I saw the creature fall into the swamp from which he spawned. I heard them laugh and say they never liked him anyway. This is Mike. And this is Bruce. Bruce? And you're listening to The Americans! And I believe, Bruce, we're at the season finale. Yes, season four. Season four, episode 24. One of us will get shot before the end of the episode. But and, who, uh, it will who be shot a, JR, though? Who shot JR? Well, I, I shot the sheriff. I didn't shoot the deputy, though, did I? Son of a bitch. No one shot the deputy. Damn it. Is this going to lead into another sex criminals review? Because I don't think another book's coming out. Of course, where they cannot sing something. Is that- yeah, exactly. They're pretty much. Uh, hey, I hate you right now. I'm going to tell you that real quick. Why? Because you got me addicted to this flow game. Now. Oh, are you playing this now? I'm totally playing this game what? right now. I'm already we're on level two. Mike. Oh, you this know? is we're in podcast heaven right now. Podcast orgy heaven. Yeah. Oh man. It's- do, do you feel like Jordy when you're playing it? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Routing the little EPS conduits. There we go. What's what's the little song Data sings? Tiny little life. That one. Yep, that exactly. Yeah. From uh, uh, generations. Yep, yep, yep. You, you can sing that too. And it just that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Brett Spiner. Oh yeah, I know. He should have just died in his prime. No, what are you talking about? He's- he should have. He should have Paul Walker did. Although I don't know if Paul Walker had a prime. Oh man, I made such a bad Paul Walker joke yet the other day. <laughs> like he's like that that guy's corpse isn't even cold yet from the burning car, and I made a joke. Because oh, somebody That's said, "I was like, oh my god, Paul Walker died." And I'm like, really? Name a non Fast and Furious movie he was in. Yeah, exactly. And and I, like, I, I think he was in Snow Dogs. Like, I think that was Cuba Gooding Jr. Was in it, Snow was eight, Dogs. it was eight below. It was a hate below. Eight okay, below. well then I, I I apologize to you, Paul Megalotti. <laughs> <laughs> what was the uh he was also in uh timelines timeline yeah it was like a good book but like an awful movie right. <laughs> ethan Embry was in, not ethan Embry, uh the other one uh giovanni rubisi yeah was in, uh, he was also in the movie i remember him from uh, yeah. Running Scared, because I thought it was a remake of the uh, Billy Crystal movie, Running Scared. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, sweet, they remade that movie. And I'm like, nope, that's not that movie at all. And then um, I was actually just thinking about something else he was in. I don't know, but yeah, him and the Fast and Furious stuff. But well, like, uh, The guy didn't, you know, it, it's a shame when any human being dies. Right. Um, the, you know, that's what empathy tells us. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's not put the guy up on a pedestal. Yeah, it's not like Hollywood's it, not going to shut down. They're not going to retire the genre of car chase movies because of him. <laughs> Could you imagine? No, I, I don't want to be a dick, but it's well, yeah. it's a shame. And you know, they're raising money for his charity and all that. Another human being was in the car with him when he died. Yep, he uh, hasn't gotten anything about him. No, um, he was the driver too. Yeah. It's the weird tangent that we get on here that's totally comic book. Really. <laughs> it would have made a hell of a daredevil. I know, right? <laughs> I, I don't believe that. I just said that. No, not at all. I don't, I don't want to taint my, my assholery. But you love <clears> the taint. I do. It's the softest, <laughs> softest spot amongst women. Jesus. I don't know. If that's, that's probably it's a bone, isn't it? So, Why the fuck you off my mouth? Stop it. <clears throat> here we go. So, for, for the kids. For the kids. <laughs> so we, uh, we teased a little bit last time. Uh, Bruce, uh, Bruce sends me a message, uh, a couple weeks ago and says, I just read Nowhere Men. We're reviewing this book. It is probably the best thing I've read all year long. <laughs> yeah, and I, and on Facebook, I expanded to say the best thing I've read in the last five years easily. Man, that's, I'm sitting there trying to, I was trying to think in the past five years, like what I've read. And I've read some really good stuff. So I'm, I'm not nearly as far in as you have uh, have gotten yet. Um, no, I think what, what do I have? I got the first trade here. Was it yeah. six issues, five issues? I 
I honestly can't remember what it there is. There are no page numbers, and they don't reprint the covers. Like, it just keeps going. <laughs> so it's just like a never-ending story, pretty much, huh? Well, no, I mean, seriously, there's no there's no right. covers. It's just, <laughs> like, the story just keeps going. Keeps going and going. Um, it's the Energizer comic. Well, I don't know. From the first there's things like, uh, there's snippets from newspaper articles and magazines, <laughs> and uh, there's, like, advertisements for things. But they don't, in the trade, there's no, like, okay, and then, you know, issue four just ended. Welcome to issue five. Right. They don't say that. There's nothing like that. So I I honestly have no idea how many issues I have here in my hand. I'm going to say five or six or more. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. The uh, if, I'm going to say probably five from the looks of I'm, – I'm on uh, comicbookdatabase.com real quick okay. um, because it looks like – now, <laughs> this is infuriating looking at this too because it says that looks like they were monthly for the first three books, November, December, and January. No. And then it was March for issue four, so, you know, a month skip. Then it was May. And then issue six just came out in October and there hasn't been anything since <laughs> like I know that's really bad. Now Eric like, Stevenson's got a, got a full-time job. He's, he's, he's the writer of this. We should probably yeah. say the, the book was written by Eric Stevenson. Um, the art was done by Nate Bellegarde, uh, colors by Jordi uh, Belair and uh, design and lettering. Cause they, they emphasize the design aspect from uh, phonographics, which is a dude that's uh, his name's phonographics. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm looking at the so, I mean, it's, you know, one Consistent creative team and Nate Bellegarde. I've been a fan of his since the, I think like the first Hector Plasm uh, one shot he did. Uh, but he's slow. He's just slow. I mean, you, him and Corey Walker are bosom buddies. You, you see them, you know, sitting with each other at conventions. Both of them amazing artists, very clean artists. You know, oh, Corey Walker, uh, Corey from uh, from um, Invincible. Yeah, but they're, they're both just slow. Yeah. What was it? Uh, was it Corey Walker or Ryan? Oatley, who uh, I can't remember, they they showed they put pictures of themselves on Twitter where they were burning some of their old artwork. That was uh, just, Ryan Oatley, or Oatley. He, however you say his name, yeah. He, and and people were like, "Why? We would pay money for that." Yep. <laughs> you know, like they could raise so much he, money. For he charity. said something about like it's just it's bad. Yeah. He, he wants to get rid of it. He could have easily sold it though, and made. That's a guy who got a thousand times better. Yeah. Like, quick, you know? Oh, he was... This guy was on Battle Pope for a little bit, or just one issue, it looks like. Sorry, I'm looking at your uh, Nate uh, Bellegarde. Yeah. Uh, Bellegarde? Bellegarde? I have no idea, man. Okay. He did an issue of Battle Pope. He did some Brit. Yeah, I remember his Brit stuff, but I think the thing I from him was Hector Plaza. Looks like he did something with Invincible as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, he did a miniseries, uh, the the Rexplode miniseries. He must have done something else because on here he's listed issue three, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. He yeah, must have done some Rex kind of backup Blood, thing. I think the Rex Blood miniseries originally ran as a backup. Oh, okay, that would explain a lot then. Okay, I'm like he's in a lot of the stuff. No. So Hector Plasm, Pop Gun. That's a graphic novel thing. That's just a short. Yeah, Loaded Bible, Loaded Bible Jesus versus Vampires. I remember hearing about that. Yeah, that was with Tim Seeley. Yeah, yeah. Western Tales of Terror. So he hasn't done a ton, but he's yeah. he was also born in 84. Jesus, he's a child. Yeah, well, looking at the picture that they have of him on Comic Book DB, he reminds me of a guitarist from a band I listened to. Like, he's he's a, just, he looks very over the top. Yeah, yeah. And he's wearing tight blue jeans, and he's definitely got his bulge hanging out in the front. So that's pretty. <laughs> that's sexy. Yeah, it is kind of sexy. I'm looking. I, he looked. I remember the pictures I've seen him. He looks like a baney rooster to me. A, be, a what? Baney rooster, like like a little runt rooster. Oh, I guess. Yeah, he's what he's, I'm looking at right here. Oh man, it's pretty funny. But um, so uh, I'll I'll talk about the book a little bit first. What I've Read because I like I said I I think I got through about the first issue because it was like um it started with an interview and then it ended with an interview so I'm, yeah. I'm assuming that's where the uh, the first issue kind of stops and um I believe you, when you told me about it you said if the Beatles were scientists yes. this is what yeah because they're four mega scientists at the tops of their fields um each of them different in their own unique ways um. Uh, 
and I'm trying to think uh, who I wanted to compare. The the conservative guy was. Uh, I don't. You're talking see, I don't, uh, Grimshaw. Yeah. Um. But pretty much from what I can tell, <laughs> and I, you know, I haven't been able to read a lot of it yet. Yeah. The um. These four scientists have. They they found their own company called Worldcore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um. One of them has left, which I'm assuming is supposed to be like the Ringo, you know, where he wants to go off and do his own thing and everything. Uh, and he's, uh, he experiments with drugs and he's a little bit of a loner now. And that's, um, uh, Thomas Walker. I don't know. Yeah. I, I kind of thought of him as the, like, John Lennon, like. That's what I meant. I'm sorry. What did I say? You said Ringo. Ringo. <laughs> that's, that's the black guy. I think the black guy's Ringo. Oh, really? See, I, but I, I've read more than you and I would disagree yeah. there as well. Well, no, actually, you're right. Ringo would have been the guy who had been trying to keep everybody together. Yep, so it would which have been Emerson Strange. Emerson Strange, yep. Um, so that means that uh, Grimshaw at is uh, Harrison. No, I would say he's uh, yeah because he's he's still going. There you go. Okay, and then the black guy's Harrison. Yep. So two people are going to die here as soon as what you're trying to tell me. Well, you you, you read past issue one. We'll see what happens. Okay, but um, they uh. There was like a hybrid gorilla, right? Like it's a very rare species of gorilla that can't be killed. <laughs> oh, well, no, it, it wasn't like they found it. Like they created that. Okay, that's what – okay. The, the See, Paul, I, Paul McCartney, like they made that. Right. Okay, why don't you take it from here because I'm going down. <laughs> <for the recipes. laughs> um, so it, it, it's, it's the Beatles if they were mad scientists and if, you know, Lennon hadn't been shot. Yeah. Um, or Harrison. Was Harrison shot too? Uh, I thought he had someone kill him. I have no. It doesn't matter. Fuck the this is nowhere, man. Um, it's it's a really good book, and here I am. I got the first five or six issues in front of it. It's uh, it's about uh, people trying to make the world a better place, and uh, how everyone has an, a different idea of what a better place means. Mm-hmm. Everybody will have that difference of opinion too. Yeah, and uh, how. Like-minded individuals are only like-minded at certain points in their life. I think we've all met somebody or you know, had a, 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 a best friend or whatever, and there are those those moments, those years, you know, where you're perfectly in sync, and then all of a sudden you're not. Mm. So, uh, imagine that, but you're both filthy rich and in, in, insane geniuses. What do you do? Where where do your petty arguments go? Where do your squabbles escalate mm. to? And what if you controlled the fate of people around you as well? How would you use those people as pawns slash experiments to get back at the others? Um, that's what this book is about. And the craziest thing, and you know, you, I thinking now about you know the, the words I used to describe Sex Criminal Three, the way I was so disappointed, and, you know, it, it retread um, nowhere, man. I can honestly say that at the end of the sixth issue. This makes a great first chapter of a book. Six mm. issues in, what am I, we're a hundred pages, over a hundred pages, and the story is literally just starting. Yes. And I am totally fine with that. It is so, such a, a fulfilling read. Um, they, they introduce a lot of characters. Right. Uh, I'm trying to think. That's the hardest thing about the first issue is like, so you meet the four scientists and then there's all these people who are on a station, space station, yeah. orbiting the earth and everything. And you're like, who are these people? Why are these people sick? Why it's, does not, it's not just the scientists either because you have past version of the scientist and then, then you've got, you know, present version of the scientist. Right. And, uh, there's like articles and fake interviews and stuff in here where it's touching in it, it with them at different points in their lives. And then you've got the space station. Well, there's a dozen people aboard the space station. Right. And I'm trying to think, where does the first issue end for you, Mike? It's the, uh, the interview with the, um, the Lennon character. Okay. So it's the wide shot of the space station. And yep. like, oh, here they are. Okay. So you Nobody don't. Nobody knows we're here. Yep. Oh, wow, man. Yeah. You were. We're really far behind. Yeah. I've been scratching the surface, brother. I know. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like I read it. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Like I said, I just, because of holiday schedule and retail, you know what I mean? It's yeah. Just, yeah. 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 So I was like, I, I put it in today, and I'm like, I, I read it real quick, and I'm like, man, I need to read where this goes because I'm like this. There's like, I feel like I'm just like uh, playing with the tip here right now. You know, what every I mean? 
every five or six pages, something impossible happens. But if if this was to be made into a movie or a TV show, the budget wouldn't be insane because a lot of it is it's little things adding up and it's it's drama and it's timing. Hmm. Uh, I mean, there are you know there's a monster or two in it and there's some physical disfigurement and, you know, things blow up and there's crazy sci-fi effects here and there. And then there's like, like a futuristic helicopter spaceship type of thing. And, um, part of it takes place at the North pole and then all this stuff, but none of it gets crazy. Like it's, I I wish there was a better term than science fiction for this. Um, cause I, I, science fantasy, (laughs) Ah, well, that's not science, because it's not like they're building unicorns. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think there's a glut of science comics in the market right now, and I think we need to define subgenres. Uh, black science, obviously, it's a science comic it has the fucking word science in it. Right. Uh, but you know, profit is science fiction. Saga is science fiction. Yep. Um, in essence, I guess all all, all X Men comics are science fiction. They, but, they sh- in theory, right? Yeah, I, I mean, this is. It's, and you, it's, you it's look hard, at it, there's hard yeah. science fiction, but that term has been used before. And you know, hard science is like, well, you know, you can take a, you know, you know, a slide rule and a calculator, and you can prove, uh, but you can't prove things in this comic. It's just, and I don't want to say it's a realistic approach to this, but it is. I mean, this, the 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 five or six issues. I'm just going to say six. The six issues I have here. This is the origin story of the Fantastic Four, and I'm not using the Fantastic Four as an analogy for the, you know, our four Beatles, it's the people on the space station, what happens to them and what they become. It's, it's, it's the fantastic four, but if instead of, you know, the ultimate universe is, you know, what if this stuff happened today? Right. This is how it would be if it happened today. This is a better version of the ultimate fantastic four. Yeah, a lot of people didn't like the Ultimate Fantastic Four. I never really read too much of it, but it, it didn't sit well with a lot of people, did it? Uh, no, I, it didn't sit well with me. <laughs> Heroes Reborn probably sat better with you. <laughs> it, that that was the Fantastic Four I knew. I, I just, I thought that, I don't know. I don't want to talk about the Ultimate Fantastic Four. It, no, it, I know. That, that would ruin this thing, but... Uh, the, the Warren Ellis parts, I like the Ultimate Fantastic Four. But this this is a good... I'm very pleased. I, the art is good. Um, I give a damn about the characters. You know, even uh-huh. after reading this, I have a problem with some of their names. I, I, I won't lie to you. And uh, some of the stuff isn't fully explained. You can only guess. But I have more information than the characters have. Right. And they haven't fully figured it out yet. And they're, they're all literally geniuses mm-hmm. and they haven't figured this stuff out. The, the, the main characters are, well, I, I guess it's hard to say who the main characters are. Yeah, exactly. I was about to you, you're that. led to believe that the main characters are these four scientists. But if you think about it, the, the title is kind of giving to the nowhere men. If nobody knows where these people are, you know what I mean? Aren't those kind of the nowhere men too? That's another way to look at it. I, I mean, well, just I kind of, you could get really like crazy existential and say they're all nowhere because they're not where they're supposed to be. They aren't right. fitting in. Hmm. Yeah, I think I know what I'm going to be reading tomorrow. Then, so <laughs> it's it's a really good book. I am I am so happy with this book, and it's weird because I thought about picking it up in single issues because I'm I'm a fan of Nate Bellegarde and the 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 cover man. It's like science is the new rock and roll. It's like I love science. I love science. Um, there's a there's a actually a, a Facebook following page that I do. It's called a, I fucking love science. That's yeah. one of my. I love that page too. It's amazing. <laughs> I just I I, I don't want to overhype this book for you or for other people. I just I want other people to read it so that we right. can have you know in, in intelligent in depth conversations about it. Because I I mean it's it starts out. It starts out like a, a fictional story about the Beatles, and then it becomes a, a thing about, uh, you know, like Challengers of the Unknown meets the Fantastic Four. And right. in the end, you're like, my God, is this the Legion of Superheroes? What's going on? <laughs> wow, that's uh, what a what a what an evolution. That's pretty amazing, actually. I am I am so excited to see this where this goes next. But at the same time, I'm disappointed because it'll probably be three years yeah, before the next trend comes out. 
it's going to be uh, another chew coming up here soon, right? Like where it's like, oh, hey, we'll uh, continue the story in like six or seven months. No big deal. Did, did this make money? Um, I don't know. I've heard a lot of people talking about it, though. Or is it just a vanity project for Stevenson? Maybe. Or Stephenson, whatever. What, is, what does he do? What's his day job? Like, what are you talking he's about? He's the, uh, the publisher of Image. Oh, is he? Yeah. I, I should have known that. He's, he's Mr. Thumb Up, Mr. Thumb Down at Image. Isn't he also, um, what was the, uh, shit? The sax player for Oingo Boingo? Different. No, he's a, doesn't he write and draw too? I don't think so. What, who am I thinking of that has the, uh. I'm thinking Jim Valentino? No. Who hasn't been publisher for years? <laughs> no, that's what I'm trying to say. I thought he, Eric Stevenson was the guy who was writing and drawing, um. Oh, I can't think of it. Damn it. I, I, no, you know what? You know who I'm thinking of? Who's the guy who's writing all the Oz stuff for Marvel right now? Shanover, uh, Sh- or how do you say his name? Uh, Shanover? Shanover? Brent, Brent Shanover? Yeah, he, he's a, he's an artist too, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's writing and drawing a book. That, I, I got the two names confused. That's what it is. So, anyways, I, my bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking this fellow up here. He, uh, I apparently looked up the wrong person because this guy was an English footballer. I keep wanting to say uh, Eric Seanborn. I'm like, that's a different guy. <laughs> slightly different guy. He's slightly different guy. The, he's a little taller. Yeah, a little taller. Uh, I, yeah, I can't look him up. Weird. Um, I mean, he's there. He's publisher of Image Comics, but I can't like look him up. Let me see what I found for to see what else he's done. You gotta what the chocolate yeah. base. I'm already on there right now. I got it. But um, no, I mean, I'm very intrigued to read it because I like I'm a huge sci-fi. I mean, like I guess a lot of people say that, but like I, I love. Oh my God, he wrote the old Brigade issues. He, man, this guy was a—he's an image hog from the ground up too. Like, I mean, he did Chapel, Babblestone, Black Flag, The Adventures of the New Men, Freak Force, Glory, um, Kid Supreme, Riptide, yep, <clears throat> New Force, New Men, Noble Cause. He did some Noble Cause. It looks like. Orion, he did, did he do like a fill-in issue for Orion for, um... Wow, I mean, this guy, colorist, letterer. He's done a lot of stuff. Editor, cover artist for Normal Man. Freak Force. I remember Freak Force. Yeah, Freak Force was really fun, uh, for Savage Dragon. Ah, he worked on Fantastic Four. Ironically enough. Wait. The world's greatest magazine. What is this? Something with Eric Larson, ironically, too. <laughs> yeah. It's writer with uh, Eric Larson. Keith, man, what is this? There was a series of miniseries. There was a, like a maxi series. Yeah. Uh, but, I think it was a bunch of shorts. Yeah, but it's got Bruce Tim and Eric Larson and Keith Giffen doing artwork in it. I want to find this fucking book right now. <laughs> this shit, dude. <laughs> Screw whatever we were talking about. I'm about to pick this thing up, man. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Anyways, so yeah, I mean, so this this guy's been around. He's he's done some yeah. good things. He's done some bad things. Oh yeah, uh, anybody who was putting comics and still survived from the '90s into now can say that though. So, except that for Stone, what the hell was that? What were you doing there? Oh god, that was another Rob Liefeld looking. Oh yeah, he, he, Rob Liefeld hoard this guy up. It's Rob Michaels, whatever. Fucking um, nowhere men's good though. Yep. Uh, I, I like the, like I said, I like the first issue, the interviews and everything. Like, um, it seems like it's kind of done, uh, no, go vague with me on this, but because of like the articles and everything else like that, it reminds me a little bit of the Watchmen. Yeah, I can see that. Um, it's, and, it's... And, and, and I'm not talking like subject matter or content, but no, let's no, say it's, the, it's, uh, it's dense storytelling and they're, they're trying dense. to give you as much background yeah. without having the characters just sit around and talk about their background. Right. So you and, can find different ways by making an interview or like, you know, bio pages and stuff like that. Yeah. So I can totally see the Watchmen thing too. Cause I'm going through this and I'm like, wow, some of these pages have like 11 <laughs> panels, you know, yep. it's, it's very, uh, and I, I would say, Clearly, um, they looked at, I would say they looked at the Watchmen and say the way this book was structured is if you want to tell a dense, very heady story, this is the way to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean that, and I mean that in the most flattering of ways too. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, uh, 
like just reading it, like I'm like, I was expecting to just run into a couple uh, Giffen pages there where it was like 16 pages, or 16 panels laid out of every of just a bunch of people talking back and forth. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, it's it's much more visually interesting than that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I agree. I like, but I'm just saying because of the, you know, there's a, uh, um, Dave uh, Gibbons. There's a couple parts in Watchmen where he lays it out like that, where it's just a bunch of panels. You know what I mean? Well, I think uh, all of Watchmen's laid out nine panel grid. All of it? Yeah, every single page. I say that with the utmost confidence. I thought there, there's got to be a couple splashes in there because there's the thing in New York City where the uh, Cthulhu monster is in there. I thought that was a splash. No, um, I... Uh, Maybe it was... Uh, I'm going to have to look into that then. Weird. Was it really all nine? Was it all nine pages or nine panels for every page? I'm pretty sure. Weird. That's all really right. dense storytelling. Given <laughs> used a nine, nine panel layout through the entire series. That's amazing. I don't think I put that together. I, I can... But it makes sense as I'm visualizing it in my head. I'm like, no, that's actually right. <laughs> Weird. Anyways, um, so Nowhere Men, uh, I, I like it. I can't wait to see where it goes. Bruce loves this thing, so I would easily, you know, take his, uh, um, opinion on it more to heart than mine because I'm not nearly as far as him, but he's, he's jumping up and down for it. I mean, I think I got a screenshot of just goo when he told me how good the book was and everything. So, If I could put myself into a coma and, and awake when the next trade came out, I would do that. Because <laughs> you're, you're probably going to wait probably a year for the next trade. So I God, that. that's depressing. I know. I want to know what happens to these people. But that's good. I mean, you know, it's, but that's the problem is like, you know, you want people to like, you know, anticipate and really want to see that next issue. Yeah. But at some point in time, you have to give it to them or, or else they're going to lose interest. Like, like, uh, you know, kind of like planetary, you know, you were talking about the, oh, we were talking about, um, the last, well, I don't know if we actually talked about it on the, um, the show or whatever, but you're talking about like, it was just a side project for them and it took forever to come out. You know what yeah. I mean? But, and people look, you know, and, you know, probably when Nowhere Men's done, whenever that is, you know, God forbid, if it's any time in the next year or something like that, you know, maybe 10 years down the road, somebody's going to be picking up like an omnibus or like, a you know, an oversized collection of it and be like, God, this is a great story. Like, you know, why didn't this go on further or anything? Well, because it took two years to get out 12 issues. So. Yeah. And we, we talked, uh, going back to sex criminals, we talked about how uh, the first two issues, like they just, you know, kind of hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I feel that nowhere, man, the, the entire first trade is them hitting the ground running. I'm, I'm curious, not, not from a, an action junkie standpoint to see what happens next, but I'm looking forward to them having some downtime where they can sit and talk about what happened to them. Right. Where, where, where they can talk about their experiences. Um, I mean, what, what does that say where <laughs> I'm looking, I'm looking forward to dialogue heavy scenes. Because yeah. I, I want answers to questions. And and that's different when you think about it, too, from um, from other books that you like, too, because you're like, oh, I want to see this and I want to see this. But now you're like, please give me some exposition. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. <clears throat> no, I, I, I can see exactly what you mean by that. And, you know, that's how you can tell the difference in good storytelling or whatever. You know, sometimes you just need that visual appearance with, you know, a, a, like, you know, just word balloons or sometimes not even right. word balloons. But sometimes you just need somebody who could map it out. And then you just need somebody who said, I'm going to narratively fuck your mind right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Then you will ask for it slow, deep and hard. And it doesn't fall back like, uh, you know, I, I, I still enjoy Saga. Still happy with uh, mm-hmm. the Brian K. Vaughan stuff, but he has he has gimmicks and tricks he uses. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he has I don't want to say a formula, but he's he's figured out some things, and this book doesn't fall back to any of those. Right. It's just just good storytelling throughout. Um, I I think I'm I'm out of praise. I can't say anything more about it without, without making moaning sounds. <laughs> Well, on that note, then I think we'll take a first break so you can go relieve yourself. It's <laughs> a good like, decision. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we are back. And um, what kind of uh, 
end of the season, end of the year uh, podcast or conversation piece would it be, Bruce, if we didn't talk about some of our favorite or maybe biggest disappointments of the year? Highs and lows. Highs and lows. Um, first thing you can think of, Bruce, like when you when you think of 2013, what what was what's a big standout thing for you? Uh, for for me, um, not just for the year 2013. For me, it's uh, my my wife bought me that collection of the Black Sad comics. Mm-hmm. And uh, while they didn't come out this year, it was new to me this year. Right. And I I still think those are beautiful. Um, and I think they've got a great sense of mood. Is this is the French comic, right? Yeah, yeah, the uh, um, anthropomorphic cat thing. Yep. Uh, I talked about it uh, in the episode where it's me, you, and Scott. Right, right. Oh, the one, the, the one where I uh, had to mysteriously disappear for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were you were there for the black side parts, though, right? It, it's all blurred together. I apologize. <laughs> but no, it's 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 really, my uh, wife bought me the trade for my birthday. Um, back in August, and it's a collection, I think, of, like, the three trades that are out. Like, it's every Black Sad thing that's out. Nice. And uh, it's just really good. Incredibly, it's, it's beautifully drawn. The, the guys used to uh, be animators for Disney mm-hmm. in Spain, I believe, and that, that closed down, and they started making comics. Um, it's very serious, uh, you know, uh, adult storytelling. Is it, is it but, kind of like, a, like storytelling, like... A- uh, Gabriel Ba and Fabio Moon are doing? Um, yeah, but a little, like, it's all film noir type of stuff. Right. I'm, I'm, I think I was thinking more uh, subject matter-wise versus, or not subject matter, but just like the uh, personable story. Versus, yeah, it's like, very, very, very personable. Um, but, yeah, it's all like, you know, um, um, Americana, film noir, mm-hmm. you know, private eye type of thing in the CD underworld. Um, it's really good. I, I strongly recommend it to anyone who likes Good comics. Are they still producing that? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think it was Dark Horse put out this uh, this trade. I'm yeah, really happy with that. I, I wish there was more out there for me to discover. There you go. Um, one of one of my uh, big uh, things this year was um, uh, a book that uh, actually is probably the emergence of the company uh, Black Mask Studio. Yeah. Um, I'm reading two books from them right now, and. Uh, they're very off the wall comics, but uh, I really enjoy it. Um, the one is Ballistic, which I think I let you borrow the first issue of. Yes, sir. Um, and it's uh, I can't, trying to think of the name of the guy Adam something Egypt, right? If is yeah. the writer um, Adam Zay something Egypt, and uh, done by uh, I think probably one of our favorites, uh, Derek Robertson. Um, and it's a very um, I don't even know how to describe the book because it's so you you could just tell reading the starting the book that you're like this is going to end horribly. Yeah, it has a very uh, <clears throat> David Cronenberg feel it's, to it. It's cyberpunk um, slash like um, I don't know. Repo Man comes to mind for some reason. <laughs> you know what I mean? Did you ever but see it, uh, Cronenberg's movie uh, Existence? Uh. Uh-uh. Where like uh, the guns are all made of bones and they shoot each other's teeth. That he um, that's pretty. That seems like that right would would fit with this. Yeah, and it's like video games are things you plug into your spine. Yeah, um, before probably the Matrix was around, right? Yep. Yep. Of course it was. Uh, but the 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 um, I completely blanked on the the main character's name, but he's an HVAC repair guy, and he has a flying. Like, uh, the only thing I can think of, uh, in reference is like the car from, um, Evil Dead. <laughs> it looks like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a flying version of that car. And his gun is alive and it plugs into his arm because everybody has like synaptics and stuff that, uh, they can link to different things. And, uh, he, um, his gun has a personality, doesn't His it? gun has a – all I can think of is the gun is Bender. Like all I can hear is jo, is, is John DiMaggio doing the voice uh, for the gun. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, they – everybody does drugs that are like uh, poisons and like diseases and every viruses and everything. Like uh, it's, it's just – it's whatever weird things that they could come up with. And it's just cool to see like this such out there kind of thinking um, and uh, – the other book that I'm reading is uh, um, from them is called uh, 12 Reasons to Die, um, which is a, uh, a companion piece 
to a, a rap album, ironically enough. Wow. Um, go, yeah, um, Ghostface Killer from the Wu-Tang Clan um, has this album that he did with somebody else called Adrian Young uh, called 12 Reasons to Die. And it's about this uh, – it's this crazy story about this uh, guy – who um he's a black mobster and he's wanting to get into uh um like the big crime family which is called the delucas and it's about how he's trying to make his way into the delucas and then out all of them to become like the the like the mob boss you know what i mean yeah um basically he wants to be kingpin you know i guess is the best way to kind of look at it um and then there is a second story about a guy who is buying records for somebody who they haven't shown, which I can only assume is, is, uh, the, uh, is, is in, in the word, the funny thing is he goes by Tony Starks huh. is, the, is the mob boss, because, uh, I guess from whatever reason, um, back in the day when the Wu-Tang clan, he calls himself like, that's his, like Ghostface Killers alias is Tony Starks. That's funny. He, he's actually in the first uh, Iron Man movie too. In the board of directors meetings, he's like, he's one of the guys that's sitting on the board of directors. Meeting. Really? Yep. Wow. Uh, this, this is how much I love Wu-Tang clan. This which is really geeky. Um, but, uh, and there's a, there's a guy like it who will come and murder these people so that he can get these records from him. Cause there's, uh, something about the records, which uh, causes people to go crazy. And there's like a limited amount of these records. So he's trying to get them. So I think there's only like one or two issues left. And I'm trying to see where, how these two stories collide together and everything. Um, but it, they're, they're very entertaining, uh, supremely independent done. Um, just, you know, really cool, original out there thinking. And it was Who just, does the art for the uh, 12 ways to die? There's like three or four different artists on it per book. I actually, and I cannot think of who they are. Um, it, and it changes barely. Like there's some really rough stuff and then there's some more polished ones. Um, I'll let you borrow one of them because I, I don't have an issue by me that I can tell you right off the top okay, of my head. Okay. Um, it's, it's very entertaining to read though. Um, uh, anything else stand out for you for the year or was there a, a, a disappointment that you've had in the year so far? Uh, like, that well, you're, like, I, really looking of- forward to Sticking with the positive, I think we you know we both fell in love with profit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you yeah that that uh, I've only what did I read? I can't remember what issue I read up to. I got it, the I got the first two trades. I'm very happy with those. I think it's world building at its finest. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm curious to you know whether or not we're going to go back to the first profit we met, not not old man John Profit, but you know Profit who lost an arm. The, the and the guy who. <laughs> In uh, the very first, and then it was great. The very first issue meets that uh, that he's like uh, oh, human mate with me or something like that. Yep. Like yeah, and you're like, what is he mating with right now? <laughs> it's like an eggplant insect type of yeah, thing. Yeah, I know. Um, I thought Justin described that best because I remember you let him borrow it when he was in the hospital, uh, and he said that it it was like a futuristic version of Tor by Joe Kubert. Yeah. And uh, when he said that, I'm like, okay, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Because Tor is all about this uh, loner, um, prehistoric man who's been outed by his society and everything, and he's battling the the w- natures of the world and everything. And this is now in the future where nature's taken back over again. You know, it's, it would be like. Um, if After Earth would have been a good movie, you know, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it, it's, uh, profit was really good and it's, it's interesting to see something that when you think of profit, you think of that cover that life felt dead, you know, from oh, back in 92, the with the, the, the double tr- blades adding and yeah. yeah. Is that, is, uh, is profit the only continuing book from uh, that whole extreme revival? Um, I think Great. Glory's actually, no, is, Glory's still going. I bought the first trade of Glory and I enjoyed it, but not enough to run out and get the second one. Mm. Cause I know Glory started up with, um, a unfinished book by Alan Moore. And I know that, um, wasn't it, uh, Eric Larson did the, uh, the finish on it. No, and then, it was, uh, Supreme. Oh, you're right. Who's doing Glory then? Uh, oh, I can't think of who it is now. You're right. You're right. Joe Keenig. Yeah. And but I know that's been getting a lot of praise too. Glory. The first trade's not bad. It's just not as compelling as like Profit was. Yeah. And the artwork in Profit has really made that book uh, between um 
the couple guys who've been doing the work on there. You know what I mean? Earl Dalrymple and uh, who's there's the Greek. Yep, that guy <laughs> yeah, from Old City Blues. Um, looks like Glory's done. Actually, it says April 2013 was the last issue. Hmm. Uh, hopefully so it, it ended and it just get canceled. Yeah, it says it went from 23. Uh, they put two trades out, so it looks like they might have uh, finished it off, or maybe they're going to pick it back up again at some point. I got in time. the first one, and like the first one ends with "Okay, let's do battle," you know. Yep, and this one's called War Torn. Is the second trade, so probably what it is. I will. Uh, um, Go ahead and make the move on that. There the art, go. the art was beautiful. Um, it had this weird mesh of adorable and terrifying. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, the cover to the trade and um, uh, of the second trade, and it's yeah. really interesting. Like Glory is, I mean, she's you know six tons of muscle, mm-hmm. but she still has that kind of cute face, mm-hmm. and she has like two sidekick characters. And one of them is like a, a little short, pudgy, adorable, curly haired, like little girl, like, you know, Jubilation Lee type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but then, I mean, seriously, Glory is like, like 13 feet tall. Her yep. biceps are like three feet wide. And the book is uber violent. Like people get limbs yanked off and there's huh. blood and guts everywhere. Like Glory gets dismantled and she heals from it. Hmm. And not like like Wolverine quickly heals like she's laying in the bed and you know she's blood seeping through bandages and stuff. So it's it, it's the it's the juxtaposition of everything. This cartoon violence and then like real world after effects of it, and so then the muscle bound hero and then this little adorable you know like like novice learning her world type of thing. So it's almost, it's almost a anime manga based kind of too. Um, because you know, you know, they, maybe you don't know, but like a lot of anime, there's a lot of serious tone with a lot of like weird humor mixed into it too. Like, like, like off, off humor, like at wrong moments, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah, like people are about ready to fight to the death and they're yeah. like, why did you just call me short? You idiot. I don't like being called <laughs> yeah. short. You're like, what? Yeah. Cause Glory has this, this, pet monster type of thing and he bounces back and forth between like this vicious killer and then like uh, uh chewbacca the butler okay you know so yeah. yeah it's it's got those weird sensibilities um i don't know t- talking about it, it's like maybe i liked this more than you know the editor was on the book uh no eric stevenson was it eric well i mean it's an image book yeah oh uh, like talking like books and complete packages and stuff like that um you know, uh, good comic, bad news type of thing. Um, I guess, uh, Jason Aaron and, uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, what the, um, Wolverine and the X-Men creative team are no yeah, more. I just, I just saw that. Who, uh, who did Nick, they just Nick say? Bradshaw? Yeah. No, okay. who was the, uh, yeah, well, he's the artist, but who was, who did they just announce was replacing? Oh, him? I, I don't know. I just know it's not, not the people, so I don't care. You, you're like, I no longer care about this shit. Well, I mean, it, Jason, I mean, you look at the cast in that book, and you're like, okay, it's all the X-Kids and Wolverine and, you know, uh, a couple other X-Men to be teachers here and there. And I, I think if it wasn't for Jason Aaron, and if it wasn't for, you know, Chris Pacello adding this and that and Nick uh, Bradshaw adding this and that, that book's really not about anything mm-hmm. uh, without the sense of whimsy and humor. Because I, I will say, you know, dropping in on the other other X books here and there, uh, just out of curiosity, um, Wolverine the X Men was the only X books, the only X book that made me enjoy reading the X Men. Uh, mm. uh, upsetting things happened in it, but they were still fun. Yeah, you know, there was drama in it, but there was always a sense of adventure. I just, I'm not enjoying these X books where it's a bunch of people standing around with the weight of the world on their shoulders, twenty four seven. Yeah. How come no one's telling jokes anymore? You know, no one's. Where's the witty banner? Damn it! Well, not just wait. But no one's running off and having adventures for twenty-two pages. Right. It's all like let's talk about what happened over the last year, or let's start something that's going to take thirty-six issues. Annoying. Yeah, let's just have fun. It's it's a monthly book. Why don't you give me a monthly adventure? Right. I don't know. Is that asking too much? Nope. I think it's a pretty sound thing to ask for, Bruce. Yeah. Too bad people won't always listen, unfortunately. It's just, uh, 
I thought I just saw who was supposed to be taking over for the writer, and I don't know where the hell it went now. Um, but anyways, um, I was trying to think of uh, um, the other. I, I there's man, there's actually looking back on it now. There's a lot of stuff that I've really enjoyed from this year. Um, I'd say kind of the uh, and and it's probably started a little before this, but I'd say kind of the reemergence of Vertigo has uh, been very enjoyable because I picked up almost. <laughs> I feel like I pick up everything Vertigo puts out because Tom Strong moved over to Vertigo by yep. uh, um, Paul uh, Hogan and uh, Paul Hogan. Is that right? Am I right? Sounds right. I'll go with that. And uh, and Chris, the the ever awesome Chris Sprouse. So it's always good to see Tom Strong back. Um, I'm picking up Trillium by Jeff Lemire, which is depressingly beautiful. Are you still enjoying that? Oh my god, yeah. Okay, I think I've, I've only read like the first two or three issues. Yeah, it's really. I, I still really like it. Um, it, it's picking up pace now, which is kind of nice. Now, that's a limited series, isn't it? Yeah, it's only eight issues. Oh. And then, and then The Wake by... Yeah, um, that, you let me, I think, borrow the first issue. Oh, man, Sean Murphy. Just, that's gorgeous. It, oh, my God, I know. And then Scott Snyder. And, like, you know, when you're first reading the first issues of those, um, there's, like, several different time periods that they jump around. They show something from, like... A long time ago, they show something that's currently happening, and then they jump to usually something in the future. And where they finally ended now, um, with the first part, it's, it's a 10-issue limited series. The first five issues are done. Um, it now jumps into the future of everything that's happened. And it's this, like, really eerie kind of monster movie thing, and then it becomes all about, um, like, uh, what the world's going to become after this, like, kind of epidemic happens and everything and it's uh then it takes oh man it's uh but man sean murphy's artwork is just i mean it's it it, had i not read punk rock jesus before this i probably wouldn't have picked it up initially and because i enjoyed punk rock jesus so much mostly because of the artwork that this this book has become that much more enjoyable to me you know what i mean Uh, the the guy's dangerous i mean he can he can literally pick and choose whatever he wants to work on now right Right, I th- I'm pretty sure. And uh, he was saying, like, I can't remember. He was saying he wanted to do Batman a little bit more, and I was like, could you please just draw Teen Titans because I think it would make it more entertaining <laughs> to me at this point in time. Um, but uh, yeah, like uh, I'm trying to think. And then I'm also picking up Hinterkind, uh, like what I talked about the yeah, last one. That. Um, it's interesting to see where that book's going, um, just because of. It's a, it's a post-apocalyptic but not post-apocalyptic story, so it's not like, oh, it's just zombies. It's, it's more of um, these creatures that – okay, so I guess the best way to kind of describe it, um, Hellboy 2, the Golden Army. Yep. You know, there's a, the, the, the underworld of creatures that are trying to rise up, you know? Yeah, it's that's that, kind of, like the, the troll market or whatever. Yep, that's kind of what this is. Hmm. Like if, if they're, they've taken over the world and humans are now being hunted. Wow. Yeah, um, and then um, the uh, was called Collider, and now it's called Federal Bureau of Physics. Yeah, from uh, oh god, Robbie Rodriguez. Yeah, that that book's crazy, and I found out why that book's even crazier to me because I'm reading it, and I'm like, man, that took a weird jump because I missed issue three. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the art was gorgeous on it. Oh yeah, and uh, and it's it's very moody, like Sean Murphy's artwork is too, which is really nice, and. Um, the uh, the the whole story is about like how um, it, it, imagine Fringe a little bit mixed in with um, I don't know I guess it's kind of an extension of Fringe as, as a way but like uh, you know everybody accepts what uh, that physics happens you know like that there's these weird like wormholes will pop up out of nowhere or there'll be like some kind of like uh, merging with the space-time continuums of, like, somewhere so that, else. that's just part of every day. Yeah, that's why they created a Federal Bureau of Physics to handle these problems. So instead of having just the FBI and the CIA and everything, there's actually a department that handles physics-related disasters. Nice. <laughs> yeah, um, so they're, they're, again, going with the sci-fi thing that we were talking about before. Um, so it's just really cool to see Vertigo having fun new ideas, like we were talking about last, uh, too, where... Um, people can kind of expand and do what they want. You know what I mean? Well, going back to something you mentioned, like Sean Murphy doing Teen Titans, um, Crichton's really been into the Teen Titans cartoon, like the new one. Yeah, Teen Titans Go. 
Uh, no, uh, it's not Titans Go. Is it Teen Titans Go? Yeah. Still? Okay. Well, I, uh, there's, but there's only so many episodes of that, so we've been going online, and uh, most people have been bootlegging the older Teen Titans. Um, I love the old Teen the, Titans. The older age ones. So we, we, we watch those on YouTube and wherever we can find them. Mm-hmm. And uh, now he, he, he knows who Robin is. He's, you know, Beast Boy is still his favorite, but he's aware of Robin. And uh, we play the Batman Lego game. Mm-hmm. So he knows who Batman and Lego and all that. And he's got a, this huge fashion, uh, fascination with Mr. Freeze. Mm-hmm. So we pulled out the uh, Batman animated series. DVDs, oh, yeah. And we've, we've started watching those. Yeah, they're on the hub every morning at, uh, I, know, I know this isn't <laughs> good to you, but like I get usually one or two days home during the week where yeah. I sit home with Ethan and, uh, I watch, um, the hub with him. And from, what is it? How does it go? Eight o'clock is Batman. No, 8.30 is the Superman animated adventures. And then, um, nine o'clock, it's an hour of Animaniacs. Ten o'clock's an hour of Tiny Toons. So that, that's my morning. That I watch with him, it's awesome. These are awesome cartoons. Oh yeah, and uh, Crichton's—he's gotten into the old He-Man cartoon too. Nice, because my my mom gave him some of my old toys, and he wanted to know who they were. <clears throat> and she found uh, it was the first two seasons of He-Man on DVD for five ninety nine at Odd Lots. Nice. It's like holy crap. Yeah, the the, the uh, you can get the first uh, things of He-Man pretty cheap, and I'll do my Skeletor impersonation <laughs> for you. There we go. Anyways, um, I'd say one of uh, my uh, well, I guess I guess my other big thing that I really enjoyed uh, from this year is uh, uh, one. Well, I guess it's kind of two things. One is Animal Man. There was an annual that they released this year, which broke my heart. But I just thought it was beautifully done because it's all about his son dying and about like one of these moments that he had when he was first becoming a superhero and he took his son out with him or whatever. And it's like. Just talking about it, almost, I'm about to freaking cry because, like, uh, his, his, so his son has, his, is dead and, like, um, they, they, go, they flash back to a thing where he had this encounter with this, um, uh, like the spider creature okay. who, um, would, when, like, she injected her poison t- or, like, she, like, uh, wraps you up in, like, her webbing, she can make you, uh, kind of have, like, uh, re, or live your, um, happiest moments, you know what I mean? Okay. And so, kind of like that uh, thing that almost kills Superman. Yeah, yeah, it, it, kind of like the Black Mercy a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, what it's but called, it, yeah. it more, more, more than anything, it just it brings up your favorite memories. Is is it like makes you relive your favorite memories? And since his son's been dead, he's been having a lot of problems dealing with this and everything. And he goes back and he finds uh, there's a spider problem again. And you know, after all this thing about his, you know, him saving his son and all this other stuff. He goes back and he finds the spider colony and, uh, the spider queen recognizes him. And, uh, he says, I, he's like, I just, I, I need to feel him again. And she like, you know, kind of cuddles him up in this like really suit, like I'm like the hair on my arm standing up, just talking about this. And like, you know, he's like, he gets to relive this moment with his son. And I remember reading this and I'm like, tears are streaming down my face. I'm like, I'm such a bitch. This is awful. Like, I just, <laughs> I'm thinking about, you know, the, you know, with my son, like how awful this would be, you know what yeah. I mean? Like. Um, so, I mean, it, it was, Jeff Lemire just does these emotional issues that just kill you. They're so depressing, but they're so beautifully done too. Um, but going off of that, uh, uh, Charles soul has become like my new favorite writer this year. No, how, how many books is he writing now? A, a decent amount. He's writing Thunderbolts for, uh, Marvel. He's oh, writing, uh, an independent, like political action book uh, from Ani Press called Letter Forty Four that I think is has two issues out so far. I thought that was about like an alien invasion. Maybe it was. I, I thought it was said something to do with a politic, the political thing too. Maybe yeah, I, I thought it was like uh, Letter Forty Four. It's like a uh, a letter that one president leaves for another one saying, yeah, yeah, "Hey, yeah, yeah. you're right. There's gonna there be an alien invasion in six months. Good luck." Right. And then um, he's writing Swamp Thing now. He took over for Scott Snyder, and he has made Swamp Thing. Into what like Alan Moore had made Swamp Thing, where it's very like uh, there's there's cool dialogue uh, to go along with a lot of stuff. You know, it's it's um, him kind of 
uh, having to battle somebody else who's trying to challenge him for control over the green. Right. Um, he's writing uh, the Red Lanterns, which he's made Guy Gardner and the Red Lanterns really interesting, which Peter Milligan could never do. Oh, I know it's it's really sad because I know you like Peter Milligan. His, his Peter Milligan when he was writing this book though, he just everything was way too drawn out. Like there's stuff that like should have developed way faster in the books. I thought, okay. and um, but. Now Guy Gardner is a Red Lantern, and he's just added such a voice to the Red Lanterns with Guy. And maybe it's because he's got the right circumstances going with it. But um, he's made that book very cool and uh, really enjoyable to read now. And then he's also doing uh, the new Superman Wonder Woman book, too, which is, I think, great. I, I like it a lot. I know you don't like that new cover that they just put up there the other day uh, where they're fisting the ground. <laughs> I, I, You know, I... I should have put that in the notes. I wanted to talk about that, but yeah, they they aren't punching each other. Yeah, they're like punching down towards each other's feet. It got me thinking: Are they not allowed to punch each other in these comics? Maybe. Well, they do punch. I mean, they, they beat the hell out of each other, but I don't. Maybe. Yeah, but on, on the covers. Maybe. I've I've seen covers get edited before, so it's a good possibility. That's stupid. Maybe I'll I'll, I'll tweet uh, Tony Daniel and find out for you. Okay. Yeah, hit him up and see. You know, were were you told to not let them actually punch each other? Is that why they're smacking the back of each other's hands? Right. But um, the the book is extremely well written, and it's uh, it's a book that highlights what Tony Daniel kind of does both, and he's more of a action he shot kind of guy or whatever yeah. and he's he's found a way to make really good storytelling based off of those moments too so um it's just it's just weird that he's like popped up not necessarily out of nowhere but he's just become that new hot writer you know what i mean hopefully they don't burn him out no i'm, I'm hoping to um so but yeah that, that, that those are my highlights for this year that's not wow i mean you got more than me but you're reading more than me right exactly so um, but I, I, I know we're probably way over here at this point in time, but, um, I think my only big disappointment is just the lack of Hellboy this year, like from actual Mike Mignola, the Hellboy and Hell Issues. Yeah. Because, what has he been doing? Um, just writing his ass off and like, I know they, he did four issues and then he was supposed to get a break and he was supposed to get more underneath his belt and they released issue five, which was great. And now there's no solicit for issue six or yet. How how old is Mike Mignola? Either late fifties or early sixties. Okay, so it could be a whole thing. Maybe it is. Yeah. I don't know. That that would make me cry probably. Be, well, you know, I'm I'm sure Arcudi could go on story wise without him, but oh yeah, it's just it's weird. It would be weird to be see uh, Hellboy books not being done by Mike Mignola one in one fashion or another. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just that'd, that'd be sad. <laughs> I mean, it's it's bound to happen. I mean, he's he's created a hot property. I mean, he's yep. got a franchise unto himself, and franchises outlast creators. And look how many series he's managed to spin off on this now. So it started with B- BPRD. Now you have Ape Sapien, the Witchfinder, uh, Lobster Johnson, and now um, this uh, uh, what is it? Forty something? Forty four? Sledgehammer? Forty four? Yeah. But um, yeah, that that's my disappointment. So. Crazy. Crazy. So well, let's uh, uh let's yeah. let's take a break and we'll hop back with our goodbyes. Yeah, here we go. And this is the part where we say so long, Bruce. It's some people's favorite parts. It's some people. We like, oh, they finally shut over. up. Exactly. <laughs> there's a there's a uh, a Brad Paisley music video where he's he looks like he's performing on um like uh what is it uh what's the show on Fox that you um. The music show. I can't think of what the hell it's called. American Idol. Yep. Thank you. I, I don't. I don't watch the show, so I don't know. But William Shatner's one of the judges on American Idol, like this American thing, and he's sitting there. He's like, "It was shit. The whole thing was shit." And he's like, "I did like the ending, though." He's like, "Oh, you mean the part where the guitar case?" And he's like, "No, that part where the music stopped and everything. The end. I love that part." <laughs> <laughs> That's what people are probably saying right now. So. But um, we get to say goodbye to 2013, Bruce. It's uh, been a weird year. It's been a weird year. It's been a really weird year, actually. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm, I'm hoping 2014 is looking a lot better, especially on my job work. And uh, I'm going to have a new kid, so I'm really hoping it looks better. So <laughs> you, you, you got that to look forward to. You got that. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, 
any any big things you got going for next year? Uh, like I said, not doing any conventions next year. Just hopefully cranking out work. Um, this big giant freelance thing. I'm, pardon me. Been working on. It. I think it's it's finally done. I'm just uh, waiting for some money, and then uh, I got my submissions, which uh, I think uh, with this episode, episode 64, I'm going to post the uh, Adventure Time uh, submission. There you go. And then uh, got one more of those before it uh, goes officially out to the publishers. And then uh, today, I at work, uh, while, while getting paid a nice hourly wage, I uh, work some more on Iron and Ink. So I, next next year, I just I want to get some stuff done. Nope. Rather I agree. than, than uh, going to these conventions and drawing pictures of you know Ghost Rider and uh, Hulk and all that, I just I want to sit home and uh, make some comics. There you go. I, that's probably a good idea. I'm, I'm glad you uh, just wanted to do it. Hopefully, I can come around and partake in something at some point. <laughs> well, hopefully, I can, I can get the time to do what I need to do. Yep. So, uh, with that, we will say goodbye to 2013, and you can always find us on the ever awesome BruceOHughes.com, iTunes uh, for the break ins, uh, Twitter for the break ins, Michael T. Adams, the second for the break ins, BruceOHughes at the break, or I'm saying break ins. At the podcast on, on Twitter, and, and then uh, we're both on Facebook under the same names. So, yeah, if, uh, if you if you want to find us, you'll figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Search us, and if you find pedophiles or anything else creepy, just that's not us. So. Yeah, or we'll we'll pretend like it's not. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Uh, thanks, and good night, everybody. Good night. See you next year.